God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right. So let's get into the word this morning. Father, we love you, and we again are so thankful for who you are, what you've done in us, in our lives. Lord, we come before your word with great expectancy. Lord, we come with great humility, knowing that your word is able to teach us ways and things that we have never heard or thought of before. So we come to you with great expectation this morning to receive from heaven in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, in Luke chapter 6, if you want to go there real quick with me, I'm going to just take a few minutes to just lay some things inside of you. And uh, Pastor Julian will be speaking next week. Yeehaw! Uh, but I want to just share just real quickly before we get into these baptisms. We're so excited. We got f- four adults and I think we got 18 kids that are getting baptized. So you want to talk about reaching the next generation. Man, I tell you, we are hungry for this next generation. And the Lord is desiring them. Oh. I love it. I love it. So the Lord told us going into this year, he said something very just strategic. And I believe the Lord is strategic in everything he does. And so, of course, we want to follow along with him. And he told us that we are to deepen our roots or to strengthen our foundation for us, not only as individuals, but as a corporate family. And for what reason? Like, why, Lord, are we taking time to look at our foundation? Why are we taking time to make sure our roots grow down real deep? This is what the Lord told us, is to grow in our dependency upon him and to start operating as children, as light that he's called us to because, hey, the world is waiting for it. So in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 through 49, what you see here, these are the words of Jesus. And he says this, why are you so polite with me? Always saying, yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but never doing a thing I tell you. So can you see Jesus' relationship? He doesn't just want yes people. Just, oh yeah, that sounds good. Yes, sir, yes, sir. But we don't carry out what he's asked us to do. He goes on to say, keep going on there, guys. Verse 47. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. When the river burst its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it. It was built to last. Right? The whole thing is his his relationship to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a dumb carpenter. The Bible said dumb. You are like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation, and when the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. It was a total loss. Now, I want you to see Jesus' words here first and foremost. He says, these words that I speak to you, what are they? They are not mere words or they're mere additions to your life, but they are foundational words, words that you can build your life on. And then he goes on and he tells us that you have to work these words into your life. Say with me, work the word into your life. That's my job. That's not the Lord's job. He will, of course, by his grace, help and show me the way. But I have to intentionally say, Lord, I am here to be trained. I'm here to see from your word how I ought to think, how I ought to live. What does your word say? Because now it is my final authority. Now, what word is he talking about specifically? And again, from bringing all in a nutshell the last year we've been talking about the dispensation that we are in. We are in the dispensation called grace. Grace. So for you and I, we have to get established, allow the words of his grace to be the foundational words that we live off of. 
I want you to see this in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. The apostle Peter tells us just at the end of his words, he says, continue, say with me, continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May he receive all the glory both now and until the day eternity begins. Amen. So what words specifically are you and I supposed to have our lives fixed on? The word of his grace. Say with me, the word of his grace. Now the message of grace, it changes you and I. Anybody been changed by that message? What did it change? It changes the way we think. It changes the way that we see. It changes the way that we live. Because the emphasis is not on you. Religion loves to make a big deal about you. But what grace is all about, it makes a big deal about Jesus. And then what God did is he puts you in Christ. So you need to see who you are in him. And you look so much better in him than you do outside of him. So you don't need to go, you know, three months to Hawaii to go find yourself. Because you'll come back disappointed. Because you'll find you. (laughs) What's the calling to the Christian life is to find out who I am in Christ Jesus. That's my identity. I identify with either one of two men, Adam, the first Adam, or the second Adam called Christ. The Bible is only about two people, so who are you connected to? Now, so Colossians 1.15, I want you to see this too in the Passion Bible. It says that Jesus, he is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God. So what did Jesus come to do is that in the New Testament... What we see is that God has unveiled himself through the person of Jesus Christ. God, at just the right time, came to reveal himself to his children. And how did he do that? Through his son, Jesus. So you have to, when you see Jesus, you've got to get in your mind, this is how the Father is. This is exactly who the Father is like. This is exactly what the Father would say. It's not that we have some angry God, the Father, out there, and Jesus is just nice. We got good cop and bad cop. Anybody ever play that before? Right. What we have is God is not just bad cop. God wanted to reveal himself to his people properly, so he sent his son, Jesus Christ. So now, Jesus' mission was to bring you and I back to our destined place with the Father as his beloved children and beholding him and being changed into his image and into his likeness. So I want you to go with me now in John chapter 3. Because now that you and I have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, or if you've never done that, today would be a great day to do that. Because now you qualify, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, to see and to hear from a different realm. In John 3, it says this, Now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know without any doubt that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs, these wonders, these miracles that you do unless God is with him. Now notice Jesus' response. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again. The Amplified goes on to say reborn from above or spiritually transformed or renewed or sanctified. He cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. Verse four, Nicodemus said, how? How am I supposed to get back inside my mama's womb? Mom? No. She said, no, so there's not even an invitation. How is this going to work? How does this even happen? 
When I'm old, I cannot enter the second time in my mother's womb. How does he get born again? Jesus answered, assure you most solemnly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water, this is a natural birth, and the spirit, he cannot ever enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6, very powerful. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical, what does it do? It produces physical. So your answer to a physical problem is not in the physical. <laughs> and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So now, the first quick reminder here is that the kingdom of God isn't a place. The kingdom of God is God's way of operating. It's God's MO. It's how he thinks. It's how he lives life. So when we start operating by the kingdom of God, what does that mean? It means I'm taking now God's thinking, God's living, and I'm implementing that style into my life. Does that all make sense? But now look at this. Being born again or being born from above, it's a spiritual birth that takes place. You had to spiritually die in order to be reborn. Because we were all born into this natural world. Yes, fleshly, but you are also born with a dead spirit. A spirit that is connected to Satan who was your spiritual dad. Making sense? So what Jesus is saying, you, you can't get healing spiritually. That thing needed to be killed. And that's what we're going to be celebrating, of course, around Resurrection Sunday, is all that Jesus came to do. He killed that old man by taking upon himself the sin of the world, and he became what you and I were. So he killed that old man, and then he came up as a brand new born-again man, the first among many brethren. So you and I share in that likeness. Woo! All right. Now... But the point I'm wanting to make here is that being born from above, it qualifies you to see and hear from another dimension. It qualifies you. Say, I'm qualified. Church, this is a big deal. Proverbs 20, verse 12, it says it like this. Ears to hear and eyes to see. Both are gifts from the Lord. Now, go with me here to Colossians chapter 1. Because again, what we see from this is that you, you have been rescued us out and the Father, he has rescued us and drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness. And he has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. In him or in whom we have redemption through his blood, the complete trans the cancellation of our sins. Now, Romans chapter 6. I got to finish this because I saw the kids are going to be coming up here any minute now. But in Romans chapter 6, I want you to see this because this is what we've taken time to. And I believe we've got to dive more into this. I keep going, Lord, Lord, why do we keep talking about grace? This has been quite a long time. It's because we haven't gotten it yet. Okay. So put it on the screen. There. Oh, wow. Can you guys read that? Because you got Romans. I can't. you got nothing on the screen. Uh, go to Romans chapter 6, verse 1. And I want to read it to you in the, the message by paraphrase here. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, so what do we do? Do we keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? That's Genesis 1-1. That's good. But it's not where I am. <laughs> we can start from the beginning if you want. In the beginning, y'all. In the beginning. <laughs> uh, Romans 6 is where I'm at. Romans 6, verse 1. He says, so what do we do? Do we keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, 
How can we still live in our old house there? Now, if you really study in the New King James, for example, do you find out that word sin doesn't actually mean the verb sin. It means the old man. He says, or didn't you realize that when you packed up and left there for good, that is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. And when we came up out of the water, we entered, say it with me, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. All right. Okay. All right. I got a bunch of preachers in the house. I go, okay, now let's go. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we were lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace sovereign country. So now you are a citizen of heaven and you are learning how to live in this grace country. Basically what you can say like this is that you received a passport, a new passport. You walk through customs and there's some bags that need to get checked at customs that you can't take into grace country anymore. Grace country doesn't allow sin nature. It doesn't allow condemnation. It doesn't allow guilt. It doesn't allow shame. You have to check that at the door. But now that you've been part of this brand new grace country, it requires a brand new way of thinking, a brand new way of living. You can't go to the world and go, how do I do finances? How do I do health? How do I do relationships? How do I find joy? How do I find peace? Because the world is all looking for those things in the wrong places. And the moment you came up out of this water, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You were brought into grace country. And when you walked in, you and this is living now oh song that i really enjoy this is a brand new life this is how we live now so you can't go to the world and say how do i do this because the world has no idea how to live in grace country and that's why paul in the new testament the major the the thing that we need to proclaim to the church to the world is you must be born again why otherwise you can't even see you're not even qualified to understand what's happening in grace country but the moment that you've accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior you have got to start seeing what grace has provided what's limiting you is what you're seeing you're constantly looking out to the natural and going, well, the natural says this, bank says this, job says this, family says this, that must be what it is. No! What does grace country reveal? What is he saying? What has he done on your behalf? That now becomes a new way of law that you and I live by. By what grace has done, by what grace reveals, by what grace says. So the good news is, is that you and I have been given brand new eyes to see. You've been given brand new ears to hear. Aren't you thankful for that? Now, last verse, go to Colossians chapter 3, and then I'm done here right now. Ah, oh, there's just so much more to say. So Pastor Julian will have to pick it up and preach hard next week. This is what it says in the mirror. I just like the mirror Bible. It really pulls out a lot of the Greek words. Uh, in, uh, there it is. It says, give the clarity of God's conversation in Christ permanent residence in you. What is that meaning? God has a different tone. 
God had a tone with the people of the Old Testament, but now God has changed his tune. He's got a different tone because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. So if you're living under any different tone other than what grace says, you're missing it. You're not up to date to what God is saying, and you're going to be a frustrated Christian. Why? You're living under a wrong method of operation. You're still living over here figuring out, why can't I get free from sin? Why am I still stuck? Why am I feeling depressed? Why am I so anxious all the time? You need to understand what grace country has revealed and what it's done on your behalf. See, the question we always ask is, how do I get out? What do I need to do? Anybody remember John chapter 9? Remember there's a, there's a man that was born blind? You remember that? And the disciples, they came to him, and the first thing that they say to him is, Master, teacher, tell us, who did sin? They always make it about sin. I'm in this mess. Oh, who sinned? Uh, the parents or him? Jesus said, neither. But I'm here to demonstrate the power and the will of God. And he healed the man. So you keep making it about you and God's going, stop it. You're in grace country. Start making it about Jesus. Get your eyes off of you. Look at your neighbor and say, stop looking at yourself. And then look at your own mirror and say, stop looking at yourself. Get the plank out of your own eye. And what grace country is working, and here's the good news, that he, God, who began a good work in us, talking about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, and we believed in him, he started that good work, the Bible says in Philippians 2. He's also going to complete the good work until the day of Jesus comes back and gets us. So you may be looking at some people and go, hey, there, there's a lot of stuff they need to work on. He's not finished yet. Grace is still operating. Grace is still working. Grace is still changing. What you and I, what's required of us is to now get in grace country by spending time, especially in the epistles of Paul, and find out in him, in whom, in the beloved, what has he given me? What has he done on my behalf? And start letting that now become my new identity. And every time that the devil tries to poke his head and say, oh, no, do you remember what you did? Do you remember who you were? You say, no, 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 no. I used to be that way, but Jesus killed that guy. He killed him. And now I am, everything has become fresh and new. I am a child of the most high God. That's the identity that you and I have to live in in these days. And so I believe this is what the Lord is getting us to do in these times is to establish ourselves in what grace has done so that we can have, of course, a good firm foundation, but that we could also start being the children of light that this world is desperate to see. Romans 8, you read it. What is the world waiting for? Oh, they're waiting for God to come back. No, it's waiting for the manifestation of who you already are. You're not one day going to be a son or child of God. You already are. So what it is, it's an awakening to grace country and going, oh, I already got it. Wow. Man, instead of now reading the Bible to go put to bed, you start reading your Bible and go, whoa, this is what I'm talking about. It's a mirror rather than a snooze fest for you. You start looking and going, that's who I am? Man, I'm complete in him? Come on now. And then you wake up your wife and say, look, 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 this is who I am. And she says, no, you're out. Shut up, go to back to bed. No, but the Bible says. <laughs> this has to become our way of thinking, our way of operating, so that we can continue to move forward in all that God's called us to do. Amen? Amen. Follow.